0: KINY. I I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today is Pat Levin from the Defenders of Wildlife. How are you doing this morning?
1: Just fine. Thanks, Jordan.
0: Gotcha. Now, I'm sure sure you know, and I'm sure many listeners know that the Willow Project got approved this morning by the administration. And so I want to talk to you about it because from what I understand of it, Defenders of Wildlife is in opposition to the project.
1: Yes, that's right. Defenders in a whole lot of other conservation groups are not wild about the idea of the Willow Project. That's correct.
0: Okay. And so, obviously, I feel like the, the big thing we should hit now is the really the response to, you know, the project is now going forward. I'm sure, you know, there might be people who try and go for litigation because of that. But what has been your organization's response?
1: Well, it, it's similar to, or I, I suppose our response is similar to what we were Telling the BLM and the administration as this um, moves forward is that really the the overarching concern here is a big doubling down. Uh, People may not understand the scope and scale of the of the Willow project, but it constitutes an enormous you know multi billion dollar investment in brand new infrastructure in uh, sensitive Arctic habitat that will. the doubling down of the investment will put us decades out into, you know, the carbon pollution that goes with pulling all that fossil fuel out of the ground. So it's the, it's the overarching um, climate considerations with Willow that have inspired both, you know, the uh, legions of conservation groups and also now over 5 million Americans as they became increasingly aware that a decision was coming that have implored the the White House to not take this step. It's a, as a society, I think we broadly understand the need to um, turn the ship around and stop running up a fossil fuel-driven economy because of those climate implications. And people see a decision like this come, and it's, it's completely at odds with that. And that's the primary um, source of concern around willow. There, there are other concerns as well, but um the the big ticket item here is is locking us into a whole lot of carbon pollution that we don't need to do and actually need to not do
0: okay and so and in, in what are, are some of those other concerns that come along with this project
1: yeah so so a little it's sort of closer to home or closer to the ground if you will. In, in addition to that, actually the climate, the localized climate impacts are another bit, but, but in addition to that, um, I could say a couple other things about it. One is that um, uh, another prime source of opposition to the project actually comes from the community closest to it, the community of Nooksit, which is dependent on local resources for the subsistence uh, lifestyle. They pointed to the the likely project impacts on particularly caribou as a subsistence resource and BLM's own environmental impact statement, which anyone can pull um, pull off uh, from online there, um, concedes that the subsistence impacts of the project are likely to be significant. So that's a big uh, local concern for the community. Um, lots of other noise and industrialization impacts on the community as well, but those subsistence impacts are particularly important for them, uh, and uh, for, from a Defenders of Wildlife perspective, we do a lot of advocacy around imperiled species, uh, and in Alaska, it's including polar bears, uh, this, this area is uh, contains critical habitat for the Southern Beaufort Sea population of polar bears, which is one of the most imperiled polar bear populations on the planet. About last estimate was about 900 bears, which is more than a 50% decrease from prior abundance levels. Their body condition is not good. Uh, the sea ice, their their primary problem, as listeners probably know, is climate change as well, and and the sea ice loss uh, that is climate driven, uh, making it harder to hunt for seals which is their primary prey so polar bears uh in this in the arctic in alaska's arctic in the last couple of decades are increasingly actually using the land instead of the sea ice because the sea ice is largely vanishing so bears are hanging out on the land longer up there including denning Um, the majority of this population of bears actually dens on land now and if you look at a map um, we've largely industrialized or zoned for industrialization um, that terrestrial critical uh, habitat for denning for polar bears. So the irony is that we've, um, through, through carbon pollution, we've uh, erased much of the sea ice habitat, which is the primary um, place the polar bears want to be, and um, their plan B is to sort of use the land more, and we're also industrializing that habitat in the name of more fossil fuels. So it's not a, it doesn't add up to a, a pretty picture for polar bears um, from a from the with the Willow project adding to uh, habitat degradation there for them.
0: Okay, and so you feel like, and so if I'm understanding it correctly, you feel like this, this project is just adding on to an already existing problem.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. The, the, of course, we have the entire um, Prudhoe Bay extended complex covering most of the state land up on the coast in between the Arctic Refuge to the east and the um, reserve to the western, uh, western Arctic. Um, so that area is, is heavily industrialized. We um, have now zoned almost the entire coastal plain of the Arctic Refuge for oil and gas development as well uh and and now here in this area a project like willow what it does is continue kind of the march of industrialization to the west and in farther west into the reserve and um, impacting additional habitat for polar bears and just also additional habitat for wildlife Uh, as i mentioned that caribou earlier and um, there are other wildlife species dependent on those Arctic lands. So, yes, I see willow as a significant westward expansion, <clears throat> excuse me, expansion of what is already a lot of Arctic industrialization.
0: Okay. And so I'm assuming you would have an answer on this as well. This would probably impact the subsistence for the area as well.
1: Yeah. um, I may have mentioned that the BLM's own analysis acknowledges that uh, the subsistence uses in the area would be significantly impacted. And again, it it impacts uh, more, actually, than just the local community of Nooksit. There are other communities that also um, do subsistence activities in the same areas that the folks from uh, Nooksit do, but they are most impacted because they're living uh, right there. If you look at a map, they're increasingly surrounded by um, the the infrastructure that goes with oil development. So they've been experiencing these impacts already and have uh, commented quite a bit about that. And now, <clears throat> again, this would be a significant addition—a lot, a lot, of, a lot more infrastructure in their <clears throat> immediate area. So yes, subsistence. Impacts are definitely a concern with the project.
0: Okay. I, I feel like another part of it that's quite interesting is that you have a lot of, you, uh, um, along with having the the entirety of the Alaska congressional delegation has been in favor of it even up till now, you also had a lot of different Native groups in that sort of the North Slope region that were also in favor of it. So it's interesting to hear that while there's, you have a more of a, a you also have that division there where not every Native group up there is in support of it, but not all of them are opposed to it either.
1: Right. Uh, certainly a mix um, of, of opinions, but as you said, yes, the, there, there's certainly support for the project, and our, our uh, congressional delegation is an example of that. Um, they're um, kind of pro, pro oil, right? Um, can't remember the last time I, they weren't for a, an oil project that came along. Um, and from our perspective, what is needed more than that in a climate crisis is the leadership to articulate how we do turn this ship around and transition to an economy that can be consistent with our climate goals and and obligations. So just, you know, um, mashing on the gas pedal to continue more of what we've been doing in a significant new way like this with Willow is, inconsistent with our collective obligation to address the climate crisis and uh, not helpful in addressing biodiversity protection goals either.
0: Okay. We're going to be taking a quick break. and When we come back, I'm going to talk to you a bit more about some of the different impacts as well as kind of looking at some of the, the flip side of the argument from that perspective. Action line on KNY. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me still is Pat Lavin from the Defenders of Wildlife. Now, We talked about it during the break, but the thing I want to ask you about now is sort of, I can imagine there's going to be the retort of, but the Willow Project helps offer jobs, because obviously the oil industry has been, and still probably will be for quite some time, has been a large part of the Alaskan economy. Right. Uh,
1: And so I've got a few responses to that. Um, Of course, uh, you know, uh, jobs are obviously a consideration and any big project just got done talking about how enormous this project is so obviously if you go ahead and build it it's going to take a lot of people to do that um that argument would attach to any large project so on one level it's um one one thing to know uh, uh, about the jobs so there's about three levels to this one is that um Local jobs. If what we're talking about is local jobs, that you can look up, look in the EIS yourself. The B O M own analysis confirms what uh, most Alaskans already know: is that there aren't many local jobs connected to this at all. The percentage of the workforce of folks actually living anywhere near the project area, such that they could work at it, um, is very low. So it's not a job creator, at, at least at that level um second is that that there tends for any one particular project and when that with the topic of jobs or comes up or what about the jobs that you wouldn't get if you didn't do this project is a false uh almost false choice type of situation as if this were the only uh way that these jobs would exist but from a if if you're a kind of oil proponent from an Alaska perspective, what's a lot more exciting for both jobs and overall revenues than the Willow project, which is on federal land, is a whole slew of projects in various stages of development on state land in the Arctic. So the the short answer is there's plenty of jobs already in the oil industry. I think, as you mentioned, they're they're not going to go away overnight either way. We're probably Going to see a lot more oil development in Alaska, and it's actually from a revenue perspective preferable if that were to occur on state land. So, um, I guess I would reject the premise that you know to to um, if, if if we were to not if the administration had made the opposite choice and did not go forward with uh, the Willow project that we'd be out. A great number of jobs, particularly for local people who don't tend to be working in the oil industry workforce on the North Slope. Um, And in any event, even if, and and in any event, there's other job opportunities through other projects. This is not the only one. It is particularly huge and particularly problematic for that, um, from that respect. And also the location, as we discussed earlier, with the subsistence impacts. Um, brings brings some additional um, problems that perhaps uh, projects in other areas may not. But just job-wise, it's sort of not the only game in town. But maybe the the, the most fundamentally, though, um, is is to say, well, yes, large oil developments bring jobs, uh, or they would if we kept doing them, but we really don't want to keep doing them. So at some point, that there's you got to look in the mirror and say, well, what kind of job? Is Not all jobs are created equal. This job would mean helping to build a lot of new infrastructure to create a lot of new carbon pollution, and is that what we really want to aim our workforce at? So, um, so so that's sort of three layers there of of a of a response regarding. Uh, regarding the potential jobs that could go this to put this project if we went down this road, but it's when it's not a direction um, that's advisable to go down as a society, then it becomes not a direction that's advisable to direct a lot of workforce toward.
0: Okay, another retort that kind of came to my mind that I could see people making would be. Well, wouldn't it be better if we had such a project here in the U.S. as opposed to it being in a a foreign country with different sort of regulations around carbon emissions? Because obviously we have, at least for Alaska, I would imagine we would have very strong sort of regulations, especially with regards to environmental impacts.
1: Yeah, I don't know uh, when you pull a lot of oil out of the ground that it'll show up as all that different from a greenhouse gas emissions perspective, a lot of the the bulk of the emissions with a with an oil project like this, regardless of where it's located, is the downstream emissions that occur later with the ultimate end user of the of the fossil fuel product. So I don't know if I'd buy that um, it'll be better to drill as much as we can here because we're we're somehow better at reducing those emissions later i, I think it's going to be similar the analysis will show a, a similar carbon footprint so i just i, I don't think i'd buy that
0: so you, you'd feel like that would be sort of a retort that's far more political than it is actually about environmental concern
1: i would take the the if the argument is that um drilling a big project like this here is better than doing it somewhere else i i don't, I, I think any difference in ultimate emissions would be marginal. And it's a, it's just not a good idea regardless of where you do it.
0: Okay. And so we still have about, i want to say four minutes here. And so I want to open that, the floor to you and see, are there any points that you would like to discuss that I haven't already asked you about?
1: Well, I, I, I do think we hit on the, on the primary things around, around Willow. I would say um, it, 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 it it's obviously a, and a big adjustment to make um, as a society that's accustomed to a, a fossil fuel driven economy to um, take stock of what it means to continue to to do these things. And I suppose for Alaska, um, like you mentioned, our, our delegation being being in favor of it, Alaska politicians are accustomed to being in favor of oil things, because oil has brought money to the state, you know, has has helped us in the past. Um, Part of being uh, an an adult recognizing the science of the predicament we're in, though, is to uh, acknowledge the shortcomings that go with um, uh, just simply continuing to to do what we've been doing. And and the, the good news is we can absolutely transition to a cleaner economy, and we are. Um, we don't need more projects like this that are going to make that transition more difficult, but we can transition to a different economy. And, and you know, Alaska is not the only state that has a history of, of um, dependence on uh, oil-related income. So, it's you know, it's not just us. And uh, I think we need to be part of that solution uh, and not necessarily, fight you know, kind of fighting tooth and nail for whatever oil is, is uh, left. Before, before making that transition and, and things like that, is the kind of the difference between the two. So, um, I, I guess I'm saying that the, the good news is it's entirely consistent with our um, well-being. That you know, nationally, statewide, internationally, as a as a human people that have to collectively sort of break this fossil fuel habit, and and the good news is that we can do that. We're not going to have to sacrifice and, you know, go, go cold and dark or anything like that. It's a transition. It will take a long time. We're going to keep using oil for a long time, as we were talking about earlier. It's not a cold turkey kind of thing. It's a ramp down, but it's a ramp down that, that does have urgency uh, attached to it. We need to be doing that, not just talking about starting to turn the ship, but actually starting to turn the ship and, and avoiding Large new outlays of infrastructure, and like such as represented by this project. And it's not to put too much weight on any one project, but this is kind of a poster child for that kind of thing. It's by far the largest oil and gas project on federal land. So um, it's the kind of thing, definitely the kind of thing we should not be doing. And the sooner we can all kind of collectively Uh, adopt the mindset that goes with actually being responsible being adults about addressing the climate crisis, the better.
0: Okay. And I guess one last question I got for you is do you do you see there being any litigation against the project now that they've decided to move forward on it?
1: Well, uh, you know, the ink isn't barely dry on the decision, but I think uh, there's already been some reporting to that effect. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about is this This whole project was already found illegal once, um, so you could imagine um, pretty readily, I think, continued uh, litigation about it.
0: Gotcha. Well, hey, I'd like to thank you for being willing to come on, especially because I called you guys early this morning after the announcement came out, so I very much appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thanks so
1: much. Thanks for reaching out. It's good talking with you, and thank you for covering this important issue, Jordan.
0: All right. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY. Line. And we're clear. All right.